Welcome to OTR Presents A Friendly Debate, the show where lawyers debate topics ranging from music to philosophy and everything in between. Our lawyerly debaters will face off in impassioned arguments about entirely subjective topics, and the moderator decides the winner arbitrarily, where the only prize is bragging rights and maybe a point or two. We aim to change the hearts and minds of our listeners, but ultimately fall short every time. My name is Muchi, and I will be moderating and leading us through this episode. I am a personal injury attorney with little to no judicial experience, but I think I can be fair and impartial here. Our debaters are geared up and ready to go. They've been talking a bit of trash before tonight's episode, but I've managed to keep them civil to save it all for tonight. They have major opinions on who's better, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. And that's our topic for this first episode. Now let's meet our debaters. Having attended Harvard High School and seeing this issue from his high-rise condo, our first debater, Lando, Lando has decided in his prosecutorial discretion that the Stones shall be charged with being so beneath the Beatles that they're not even worth mentioning in the same breath as the Fab Four. And he'll be facing off against the Rubber City's own Pat, a man who once paid for a title premium account, I guess to listen to Mick and Keith in high def. Pat will be <laughs> using his IP experience to argue the Beatles hold the patent for mediocrity. So how are you guys feeling? Any pre-debate nerves? None at all. I think we've just been sorting that out in the uh, group text, group chat before this. Um, I was kind of worried, in fact, that we were just going to get all the issues out uh, and laid bare and that wouldn't have any material left over for tonight. But I remain very confident that uh, I can prove my case for the Beatles being awful and the Stones being, you know, a much more worthy uh, example of music. Wow, awful. I, what, do you, what do you think? I don't... <laughs> I, he can't even really say it with a straight face. That's just how I look. <laughs> what have you got to well, say for yourself, <laughs> Mr. Fab Four? He doesn't even buy it himself. I don't know how he's going to get through this. Well, somebody sounds like he's got some nerves. I'm Deflection? Fine. I'm completely fine here. Well, let me just uh, explain for the listeners how the breakdown of this will go. So this is what the breakdown is always going to be. A brief opening statement from each side, followed by questioning by me, where I'll allow them a bit of back and forth, and after a series of questioning, we'll end with closing arguments, followed by a final decision by me. And just to disclose my personal biases on, these is on this issue, I actually love both bands. They're actually my top two favorite bands. Uh, but I do lean toward the Stones, just to let you know where my bias is. However, whenever the Beatles and their contributions to music are discussed, it's hard for me not to view them as the better band in a lot of ways. So while I may prefer the Stones, it's, it is possible that at the end of this, I might come out on the side of the Beatles, but we'll see. Anything else before we get started with opening arguments? No, I think I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, let's flip the coin and, and uh, see who goes first. Who wants to call it? <laughs> just point at each other. I'll you, call it. You can't point. It's an audio medium. <laughs> so, Pat, you'll call it in the air? Okay. Yeah. All right. Heads or tails? Tails. And it's tails. Well, both the Beats and the Stones have their origin in jazz and blues. I think only one of them pursued it with any sense of sincerity and thereby sense of authenticity. You know, while the Beatles represent the whitewashed version of 
this rich cultured heritage. Um, I think that the stones, you know, really kept what those originally represented, uh, what those musical roots represented. Um, and by that, they kept the edge that came along with it, the inherent, you know, underground sense of blues and jazz. Um, and so by revitalizing those roots, extending them instead of trimming them, you might say, as the Beatles had done, um, you know, the Stones created the template for all rock music that would follow. And I have to admit, you know, even my least favorite band of all time, ACDC, um, and you can ask our friend Derek, I fucking hate that band. Um, you know, they, they do kind of follow in the steps of the Stones, who I like a lot. And so, you know, given that the inspiration has touched, you know, bands that I like and even the ones I hate, that breath speaks to something of, you know, what the Stones were able to achieve. So I think that fundamentally, the difference between the Stones and the Beatles is laid bare by this lens this lens. Which of these bands has a happy birthday song and a Christmas song? It sure as shit isn't the Stones. Giving them to say, Orlando? <laughs> Council, this is opening statements. It's entirely improper. Again, I have, uh, if I'm ever in court in my job, that's because I've done something horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Pat. And You're now- welcome. And now, Orlando, are you ready for your opening? Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. So tonight we're discussing a topic that is really a non-debate. <laughs> and yet you're on this show. <laughs> There's only one clear answer in terms of who the better band is. Better in the sense of lyrics, music, and influence. Around the world, I might add. So what makes the Beatles a better band than the Rolling Stones? Well... Of the definable attributes, statistics, and content of the Beatles that make them absolute legends, from outselling the Rolling Stones in album sales, to having amassed a larger following on social media, to becoming involved in the film world, they were and are still a force that no one can take down. But apart from that, there's a certain magic to them that is completely real, but also undefinable and hard to place. It's there that their music, as well as their personality, move people to become hysterical when attending a show. It's there that their lyrics and melodies move individuals to tears. So, if it's more than just a matter of which band can be pinned to having won more awards, sold more albums, or have had more hits, all the Beatles, by the way, if it's more than just that, then the massive craze that the Beatles brought over when they first came to the U.S. with their bowl-cut hair, shaking their heads as they played, that should be an indicator of who made the bigger social impact. The demand for the Beatles to make films and be the subject of countless documentaries as well as actual movies about their music should be an indicator of their social impact. And the simple fact that they withstood the test of time after not being around for decades performing live only a handful of years, while their so-called competition in this debate has had plenty of opportunity to stay relevant, or I guess attempt to stay relevant, this entire time is a huge indicator as to who made the bigger social impact. On top of all that, the Beatles are always held to a higher standard. I would bet my law degree that if we took a poll on the streets of our beautiful Chicago, 
I know that most people would say that the Beatles were a better band. Maybe the Stones would get a 10%, uh, you know, polling there. And I know that each of you, in your hearts, know this. And I'm pretty sure that the Rolling Stones know this as well. I think it'd be more like 1% of 1% of 1%. Okay, thanks guys. So, I think I'll start with uh, the first question I have here. You mean we can't just start flinging verbal insults? We actually have to... Well, let me, let me guide you a little bit. Okay. So, my first question is, uh, where would popular music be without your favorite band? Who, who was more influential and innovative, and in which ways did they change music? Oh, wow. Can you imagine a world without any sense of modern rock? Because that's what you'd be living in without the Stones. You'd be listening to the fucking Monkees or something. Which is not bad at all. Hey, 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 we're the Monkees. <laughs> Absolutely. And we like to monkey around. <laughs> I mean, come on. Any good music has... It, it follows the format of the Stones. It has those guitars. has energy behind the vocals that's completely lacking from the Beatles. Any it, basic rock band has that formula that you're talking about. And we would be perfectly fine without the Rolling Stones. Well, not to... Well, I don't agree with that. Well, but fine, I, I, I think that... <laughs> I don't agree with what, Orlando, with what Orlando said there, but, you know... I was just being I, a little dramatic, but, I mean, that's right. kind of how I feel. I don't I can, We're just two dramatic guys. <laughs> I, maybe that's... Two maybe, wild and dramatic guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, that, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe you can, like localize the Stones' influence to just rock, whereas the Beatles' influence can be seen uh, more broadly in, in pop in general, and rock, and you know many other genres. What, what do you think about that? So this is kind of what I was going to get at. Um, I, I read a couple articles. Um, I'm not going to directly quote Ooh, anything. Because <laughs> I'm not going to directly quote anything because I don't remember which ones I was reading and who wrote them and all that stuff. But I... Um, I mean, there is a such a thing as the Rolling Stones copying the Beatles, and you know, once the Beatles kind of stroll out of the music scene, then the Rolling Stones kind of go on their downward spiral to nowhere. So, I mean, if we're talking about influence, <laughs> downward spiral. Are you talking about the Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that next. Stones copying the Beatles. You're funny, man. Uh, you can even. I, I'm pretty sure Mick Jagger was quoted on that. But, you know. Do you have a quote? I don't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you was quoted, though. <laughs> I'm glad I pushed you on that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. You know, as far as pop music, yeah, yeah. sure, the Beatles, I think, have the influence there. But, I mean. I will I, say, they, they, so the Stones were a cover band first. Yeah. So when, when, the Berry, Beatles, when, the, when the Beatles were doing their thing and they started, you know, Beatles blowing. Were when they were, too, right, but when they were blowing up the. The Stones Sorry. were a cover band, and you know, when uh, mm -hmm. a, a couple of the, the Beatles' big albums, the Stones kind of did something in retaliation to what the Beatles did, and it was very similar. Um, I, I mean, but I don't have the exact years, but I know what you talk. I know you, you know what I'm talking we're, about. We're talking about the so 60s. crazy though, because yeah. the, the everybody Beatles, was on drugs, and <laughs> well, the Beatles maybe beat the Stones kind of by about a year, and then like a year later, the Stones released their first album, and. They're kind of ahead just by like a year every time, but then you know the Stones do like kind of. I mean, they always had their own voice, but I think they definitely find even more so their own voice even after the Beatles break because the, because the Beatles were just ahead 
in terms of that. They were in terms of musical so, ability, <laughs> lyrical. I want to I want to circle back to something here because I, I sensed a uh, a bit of denigration when you're talking about the Stones starting out as a cover band. I mean, you had musicians here. I mean, the, the initial concept for it was going to be a jazz and blues band, and so they were doing covers of jazz and blues artists like that blues they standards. They're yeah, like a kind of a blues they respected band at first. Yeah. yeah, and so that's what I'm saying that like instead of just drawing from it, those are the songs they wanted to play. They are bathed in this jazz and blues scene that they incorporate to their own music. Yeah, I think that the Beatles then are just purely derivative. See, of the, so those the, roots, they, they whitewash it to make it more, you know, appealing to a broader audience. But I think that the Stones, in that sense, actually have some authenticity. More authentic. There was a, I, I can't remember who said this quote, but some like famous blues musician, you know, black. I mean, we really gotta get our facts straight. Well, <laughs> we really do because <laughs> look for that. I wasn't episodes. the one to be calling them a cover band. I just remember. Someone, you know, someone was gone. Oh, now you're backpedaling. Now you're backpedaling. <laughs> and apparently that person was Mick Jagger. <laughs> but but anyway, yes, the, I am a cover. A, 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 a well-known, a well-regarded uh, black uh, blues musician. This was his review of the Stones. Was you know those white boys want to play blues so badly, and they do so badly. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty good quote. Um, Who said that? I, again, I don't know. <laughs> we'll add it in post. Okay? As you can tell, we have prepared very thoroughly I, for I, this. I was the one that had to prepare, <laughs> prepare that stuff. I just remember it from... Uh... So, okay, so you're talking about authenticity. And, Orlando, you've mentioned a few times better lyrics. So, uh, just to have both of you, like, make a case for your, your band's well, lyricism. Do you want to at least pick, like, one song? Because I think, talking about a whole catalog, we're just going to be saying, mine's a favorite. No, mine's a favorite. Is there, like, a song in particular that you think is emblematic of the Beatles songwriting? Are there uh, lyrics that you particularly love? There's, from particular so, I'll give you a personal story as to this one song. Um, I don't know if you've heard it or not. Let it be. <laughs> do you guys hear that familiar song? with that one? Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I'll be the first to admit, if I hear that song and I'm just driving along in, the, in my car, I will shed a single tear. That every single time I hear that song, it seriously brings something out of me. I have no idea why. We're just why. dramatic guys. And I, no, and I know I'm not the only one. And, I, you know... Are you the only one in this granted, room? Granted, granted, I know I nothing about the Rolling Stones. I know a song because of Martin Scorsese, and that's the only <laughs> freaking reason why. But they do not, you know, they rise no emotion out of me. You know, I could, well, uh, I could. I mean, if you, if I think if you had listened to more Stones, there are more Stone songs that would. Yeah. Listen I think to I, Wild I think horses, I was more come upset. on. Yeah, I was more upset when Leo, when Leo DiCaprio died and The Departed than any time I heard the Rolling Stones in one of those. In movies. Departed. Um, <laughs> But but uh, is there a particular um, lyric that you really like from that song, or is it more of uh, is it you know, the, Paul's the, song, the phrase vocal, "Let It Be"? It's everything. Vocal performance it's everything. of it. Or, okay, but strictly lyricism, would you, you know, is there like a line that you love from that song, or just generally that's the lyrics bring something out in you, emotion, right? Right, and I don't, I, you know, you make it seem like I'm the only one, and I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> of course, here. yeah. I mean, "Let It Be" is a pretty. <laughs> You're starting to song. cry right now, so I know I'm not the only one. Uh, what about you, Pat? Um, so exactly, I, I want to come. I want to come from the perspective. I want to come from the perspective here that, like, I grew up. Like, my dad had the, you know, Beatles CD that we'd put in our fucking minivan when we were going on road trips and stuff. So I grew up like listening to it, but like. Maybe it's just because of pure saturation. Nothing ever did like "Let It Be." Never had like that great emotional impact for me. Mm -hmm. 
but you know I from my parents old record collection you know they have a copy of Sticky Fingers um, which of course the zipper's been ripped off the cover of it <laughs> by now I think I actually have that album on vinyl too or maybe that's you Mochi. I have it yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe a, that's why I just keep on seeing it. I don't place. have any Beatles <laughs> albums in my <laughs> collection. I have, but, I have those. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, like I, you know, getting back to like music my parents listen to and stuff. You know, I, I listened to that a couple times, and yeah, like stuff like Wild Horses, like just it's the lyrics, but of course, always the way they're presented. Yeah, and so you know, I think Wild Horses is a somewhat simple song, but the emotion that can be put to those words. Mm-hmm. I think um, that does it for me. If you're talking like about a sentimental song, um, yeah, Wild Horses puts me right in the mood, and it's it's one of their slower ones. Um, I have. You can't play it if you're trying to play it. You, no, 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 no. We don't fine. own the. One of the we can't leave this that. out. It's like <laughs> I have some data here. So what I went through, and I'm gonna co- probably come back to this later. Um, I found like list like you know top ten Beatles songs, top ten Rolling Stones songs, and looked at the BPM for them, and so. You know, Wild Horses and say Angie. Wild Horses is 74 BPM. Angie's 68. Can you explain what that means? Beats, beats per minute. Okay, thank sense you. I just how to make fast sure or slow a song is. And so, would like, you can listen to Angie, which is like kind of has that very kind of thought, you know, plotting pace to it, I guess mm-hmm. is the word. I don't know. It kind of chugs along a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wild Horses is a little bit faster at 74, but. Um, <laughs> but Let It Be is probably like, you know, 65 or so, it seems right. It's It's slower. Yeah. And so for those, you know, more sentimental songs, um, I don't know. Am I, am I arguing here just from a perspective that, okay, it's similarly slow, it's just personal preference, personal experience that, um, you know, Wild Horses does it for me, but you'll get into the story here that Wild Horses can tear me away, it's about love, it's about longing, um, you know, committing to one another, and I don't know, I probably should have taking the time now to, to print them out so we can mark them oh, up I, or something. I, but. So so it's kind of, if you're going Wild Horses to Let It Be, it's sort of let's do some living after we die versus uh, when let I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom. You know. Finish it. Let it be. Thank you. <laughs> Is this like a nostalgia kind of thing though? You said you were talking you're talking about it like as... This is oh, no, no, no. I don't think of my you mom. Younger? No, I listened to the Beatles when I was younger. That's what I was saying. I've, it's just been pounded in my head like a nail. That it just has lost all meaning. I, I'd love to, you know, relate to the idea of feeling moved by Let It Be, but for me it's just such a bland song. Maybe Taxman is more your speed. Yeah. Maybe a high BPM on that one. Yeah. So I'd like to maybe turn to longevity versus... Well, okay, so... The Beatles have a famously short career and did a lot in that short amount of time. And the Stones have been around for almost 60 years now. Um, So I have some questions relating to longevity, essentially. Is it better to leave on a creative peak, you know, rather early in your career or have that longevity and be performing as a band for, you know, decades and decades, which is unheard of, really? More. More Give me more. More is more. Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll agree with him on that, though. <laughs> uh, more is better. So in terms of uh, al- okay. album sales, okay. you got Rolling Stones coming in with 240 million albums over six decades versus the Beatles with 600 million albums. Didn't you the know. Stones release more singles? Uh, you know, let they me... They both released I, a lot of singles. It was kind of a 
But if we're if we're talking about number ones, okay, we could talk about seventy two songs Objection, on, the U- relevance. on the U.S. Billboard chart. <laughs> Your Honor, what's what's going on here? So, <laughs> including twenty number ones, fourteen other hits that made the top ten. Stones have fifty six. You know, lower than seventy two. They have that's eight number one, you know, hits with fifteen other ones that are on the top ten. So that's also significantly less. But you're kind of saying as if all those album sales occurred in well. Not occurred in the '60s only, but the, the Beatles had released and repackaged their material several times over the decades. And you know, Beatles One and the Beatles uh, Red and Blue Greatest Hits albums and things like that. Correct. Yeah, I think Red and, and Blue was what my parents had. Yeah. yeah I so. think I had that Pokemon game too. But <laughs> you yeah. asked if it would be better to you know have a short run and over the long career and. They're still selling these albums with their short run, and they're still amassing this, you know, revenue. But I mean, I guess ending ending on a relative peak. I mean, some people don't like let it be the album all that much. I guess, or it was kind of a lukewarm reception at first. But the Beatles, you know, have a discography that's overall pretty untouchable in terms of there's not really a bad album. Whereas the Stones have some bad albums. And then they generally have a comeback album every few years. Yeah, I can't really argue years. with that. So, the 80s were not kind. Oh, yeah, I mean... So much. Yeah, they have plenty of bad, bad albums. And I, I've heard every one. I mean, I, lo- I love the band, but they have some bad albums. Um, I've heard none of them. <laughs> so I want to... So, if oh, I can draw an analogy here, sure. speaking of longevity. So I like that the Stones are still around, and their solo projects and the things they do together, still refining their sound, exploring in different ways. You know, it's like if you see... You know, Bob Dylan, who's been around, I don't know, is he like 80 years old at this point? I don't he is know. 80. I think he turned yeah. 80 this year. Jesus. Um, and so what he's doing now is completely different from like what made him a household name. Yeah. And so I think that's great that, you know, someone that has obviously such great musical talent can keep exploring and applying that. Mm-hmm. Granted, I mean, you're going to go to a Bob Dylan concert and it's great and it's novel because it's Bob Dylan, but it, it, and we're not going to sit here and pretend that it's, you know, groundbreaking the way it was in the mm-hmm. 60s. Right. At the same time, though, I think that to see an artist with such, such longevity to still be applying that creativity is something that, from a pure art perspective, right. I like to see. And you see that in the Stones, because they've gotten back to their jazz and blues roots, um, which, again, I think is the whole... <laughs> the main point of why I liked it is because they have some authenticity, some reverence for that, whereas... I mean, I'm not really going to listen to Wings or whatever it is if they're trying to get back to so, any Beatles sound. I mean, so I guess I'm confused as to why the Beatles aren't authentic. Are we going to start yeah, back to them? Oh, I mean, yeah, we can. I'm just saying, like, like both these bands obviously have roots in, you know, black musicians, blues, and jazz, yeah. but I couldn't have put in anybody. And I, I got a copy here. Our uh, esteemed moderator has sent me this link um, from mm. Scarufi. Collusion. Well, he said you won for the fucking Beatles, so this is fair. But, you know, in the basically, if, you know, according to Scarufi here, um, in those years, he's talking about around 1965, 66, the Stones didn't play songs. They shouted in people's faces. Um, while the Beatles had tea with the Queen, the Stones were pissing in public. And so I, I think that, like, if the source material here in jazz and blues has grit to it, has struggle, has strife, is not the sort of buttoned-up sort of thing that the Stones embody that whereas the Beatles maybe toned that down a bit for uh, 
broader audience, or which they appeal to. And I guess your argument is that because the Rolling Stones are this type of genre, they inevitably are better than the Beatles because they, you know, no, let's let's focus this way. We're talking this on authenticity kind of here. It boils down to: Can you really play jazz and blues if you aren't like doing coke and heroin and having a lot of sex? <laughs> I mean, Brian Jones fucks. Do any of the Beatles fuck like him? I don't think so. So I, 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 can't, I can't speak to that. <laughs> Specifically. He fucks? I'm actually curious, though, if you, if you um, speaking of screw, if you, if you read, did you read his uh, review or, or discussion of the Beatles? No. Okay, so exactly. that's what we were talking about. I, no, no, no. Our I'm, mutual I, ignorance of each other's <laughs> positions is really just so It's funny because it, that would have given you more ammo because he does not like the Beatles. Right, and that's so why you should have read it. He's, but, but still, he started <laughs> the article saying that the Rolling Stones were just a piss poor band that was going downhill. That they had one album that saved them. That's how the article started. No, this was the album from today from from the article that I sent today from Slate. They weren't. No, they had a bet. So he said they were on their downhill track. They it, had one album that saved them, and that even Mick Jagger because, said that they were lasting. They were going to last like what, ten years or something? They're going to. Well, Mick Jagger said when he, he was didn't twenty, they were going to last. Them. They were going to last two years. But but this is. Um, <laughs> even I mean, worse. and obviously they last fifty. Obviously, we exercise great years. judgment at twenty years old. <laughs> right, and they asked it almost. I mean, they've been around for almost sixty years now. But the the point of that was, again, I made it was a decision when I was twenty years old. I guess that's why I became an attorney. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just a side note, yeah. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, we'll but agree it, on that one. Again, it was the 60s, and it was, you released, they released one bad album in 67 that would, like, kind of cut their career to a halt. Yeah, wasn't it like if and you didn't do something in three months, you're like, oh, the stone's just hiding, where are the Beatles gone? And, is like, there? six months later, you have your, com- they had their comeback album, which is Beggar's Banquet, which started this Fantastic. run, this run of amazing albums, really. Uh, leading out of the 60s into the 70s. But, I mean, let's go into, like, who is the better band by, like, maybe each component. So we so, kind of discussed lyrics, but who, which band has the better guitarist? I mean, of course I'm going to say the Stones. But I think that the fusion of the rhythm and the lead section is something interesting. They're interlacing between the two. And I'm pretty sure there's some fancy uh, Italian word to describe it, but you can have two guitarists that blend their roles as lead and rhythm. Um, you know, some popular bands did emulate that. Uh, and the Beatles had that. The Beatles do have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it as well. But, so I guess you could easily win this one by just saying Keith Richards. <laughs> oh yeah, Keith Richards, <laughs> of course. He's, he doesn't know his name. So, so, I guess going back a little bit, it's the the, the argument. With Keith the, the argument that I was getting is that you know. Subjectively, Pat likes the Rolling Stones better. And Do you subjectively like the subjectively, Beatles better? I, I objectively like them, and I think <laughs> objectively, I think most you just go to the do. top of the Billboard 100, top 60 only. I think top all that 100 show, only I think for all that Lando it. here. But on t- so going to this question, I would say that each component of the Beatles is their own musician that holds their own. And I think that when anybody You don't even thinks, like Ringo. I don't. Here's the thing. This is this is what I'll tell you. I don't. <laughs> Obviously, he's my least favorite part of the Beatles. I, as a drummer, I will say that I never really thought much of Ringo. At all. Like, at all. But as a songwriter... But, you know... 
as a vocalist. So I one of the uh, one of the links that Mucci sent over a couple of days ago was a was it like a TikTok video or something. Actually, Pat sent that one. Yeah. Oh, so Pat, thank you very much because <laughs> this got me into thinking. You know, maybe I don't dislike Ringo as much as I thought I did. Yeah. So the the, t- the video was uh, basically maybe, maybe you learned some about yourself there. I, I pretty much did. Yeah. So the video was what the Beatles song could be with just a regular drum beat, which, you know, from what I know of the Rolling Stones, it's just a straight (laughs) rock beat throughout every single fucking song. So this video has him, you know, this guy play. (laughs) This guy guy plays a straight beat for whatever Beatles song, and then he shows you what Ringo does. And the more I was watching it, I was like, you know what, this is actually accurate. And I, the reason why I disliked Ringo to begin with was because I thought the beats he was doing were simple, which, you know, they are. And you play simple. drums. And I play drums, and I've been playing drums most of my life. They are somewhat simple, but they are not the go-to rock beat that you get with a lot of bands that were influenced by the Rolling Stones. They're not the, you know, straight two-four just general rock beat that every single rock band will, you know, have in so many of their songs. He's doing very creative stuff throughout. And this is what I'm saying about my least favorite Beatle. So I just think that individually, if someone thinks of both bands, they might be able to say something about Mick Jagger, probably Keith Richards, unless you're Pat and just don't uh, outwardly say that he's good at guitar. (laughs) Uh, When someone talks about the Beatles, they will talk about them individually. So there are kind of four obviously there's four distinct personalities in the Beatles and yeah I yes, mean there are four Beatles right right whereas there well, there's are more people like in the stones five stones and then there's four oh, stones shit. and then there's five stones again and then there's like you know it's like uh, and there's a different set of five stones right yeah <laughs> but does Mick I Jagger guess, actually play any instrument he sometimes plays man well he sometimes plays guitar but yeah mostly he's yeah vocals and the Beatles was you know obviously what's interesting about the Beatles is not only do you have at certain point, all four of them sing, um, right. and all four of them write certain songs. I mean, and, obviously, some more than others. And all four of them play different instruments throughout. Of course, and, well, I mean that's true of the Stones as well. But with with really the Stones- need to find the outside of this Venn diagram, which we've completely <laughs> failed to do because we don't understand any of each other's positions. So with the Stones, you have every song is written by Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, and Mick sings most of them. Keith has one or two uh, on maybe most of their albums, but mostly it's Mick is the front man. Mm-hmm. They don't, you don't have the kind of role switching like you have with the Beatles for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you, in the different accompaniments, I know Brian was kind of like a virtuoso yeah. while he was in the Stones. Right. Um, bringing which, in all these different instruments, like like, when, like basically what George Harrison did with like bringing in Indian instruments, like uh, Brian Jones was kind of that person for um, the Stones and was really creative in that way. So who, who was the better uh, live act? I mean, the Beatles sort of famously stopped touring in, I believe it was 66 or 67. Uh, right. But, right, they were, you know, obviously a great live band. The Stones continue to put on live shows uh, and, you know, probably are at a pretty decent peak of their live performances at this point. I mean, I think they've gone through ups and downs in the past, but I think they're, if you go to see the Stones now, they're pretty consistent and you know, all everyone knows all the songs. They're all good songs. So, so you were chatting earlier. How many concerts had the Beatles played? So I'll get at you know 
if you guys I'm going to I'm going to tie through the softball here because I figured if, if the two of you want to agree that the you know the Rolling Stones are better performers and that you know they're amazing live or whatever you I'm going to do scraps I'll learn that you could you could chalk it up <laughs> to them performing for six decades and just knowing their songs and performing for six decades it's a lot of practice but I will say that in those six decades at least according to what I googled and I found they performed 2,000 concerts. And in a four-year time frame, the Beatles performed 1,400 across the globe. So my contention is they were just tired. <laughs> <laughs> they were putting in work. They just flew in and bore their arms. <laughs> well, that, that... And, and, and also, so from, you know, at least from the clips that I've seen, like video of them performing places... You know, they kind of, I guess it's probably the same with the with the Rolling Stones, but the places that they played were just so gigantic and they were not equipped with the type of equipment they that they needed to yeah. be able to hear themselves. Yeah, rock, rock concerts actually it, were probably not that good until like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Right, so they just didn't have the amount of equipment. When the Stones were to, still playing. Right, and, and, that's, and that's why they're took said that to be the better to... bands because they could actually hear themselves. <laughs> so you're saying... A good band with good technology that kept touring can create an overall better experience. Yes, yeah, so if they so have the a Beatles lot of... were shitty, and the Stones were good. So the Beatles stopping touring. Also, you can't see, but I am it's... just kicking over here. We're talking about He's Rolling the Mc, Stones. The Mick Jagger kicks. You can't see him, but you could probably hear him. <laughs> can we get some ASMR noise kicks? Can you hear the wind whooshing by Moochie's mic? So, so uh, the Beatles, you know, stopped touring, not not really because they were tired, but more so because they couldn't. I think they were kind of tired. I'm sure they were, but and you know, releasing three albums a year would do that to you. But that's what all the bands did back then, and you know, making movies as well. But well, the Stones didn't release movies like that. The, <laughs> so, I mean, my point gonna, is, you can hire more. any Jamoke to make you a movie. <laughs> But well, you know, dancing Disney's takes actual talent. So, so, so you don't have the movies like the beats. You got the moves like Jagger. That was rehearsed in the group text, by the way. But I had to get it in here. <laughs> I thought I was being clever. So the Beatles uh, stopped touring though because they couldn't recreate their sound live because they were doing such experimental, uh, different things in the studio and really playing with the studio space. Correct, and the technology just wasn't there at the time for them. They weren't able to recreate it on stage because of what they had. They had these amps that weren't, they just couldn't keep up with what they were doing in the types of places that they were playing at because there were so many people and they just weren't able to, to keep up and be able to hear what they were doing while they were playing. Well, you know what fans enjoy is being able to hear the band and see the <laughs> band leader, you know, up there giving kicks and strutting around. I don't think just, that's as just much exuding, of a question you think it is. Just exuding sex I don't think that's accurate. on the stage. And I think that you can't have rock without this sexual element to it. Whoever got horny listening to the Beatles? Have you never no seen one. have you never seen any type of performance that the Beatles have done? Have you never seen the women that would go see the Beatles? Yeah, they're paid like, to go there. <laughs> They're crisis actors. Paid actors. Like the whole thing, like, oh, okay. the Beatles are coming, British Invasion, women are at the airport. <laughs> no, the fucking, you know, tour people are just... He's conceded. <laughs> like, the, the, uh, legit, though, the, when they, like, have the people at the airport, like, swarming the plane and shit, that's just, like, the promoters hiring people to come there. Like, it's not authentic. 
I mean, I know the TSA didn't exist back then, but there's not people running onto the runway to go see <laughs> some fucking kids in, you know, bowl cuts. All right. Richie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. I don't even know how we got off track there, but let's go to my, my last question. Uh, you covered a lyrics a song that you like the most lyrically, but what would you say your f- overall favorite or or even just say best song by your band is and how does it stack up against the other person's favorite song i can't get no satisfaction okay that's one that i could have named and i don't know anything about them um so i can go with you know we start with let it be hey jude come together strawberry fields forever something a day in the life okay don't we get it down. you have wikipedia life, open. i want to hold your hand penny lane <laughs> all you need is love get pick back one? you know so this is what i'm talking about if, you <laughs> could a, ask someone yeah. for a ton of Beatles songs, and they will list them down for you. you was know? that the question? List me as many Beatles songs as you can. No, it wasn't. Well, pick one that is your favorite, and also why, not just name the What's song. What's your favorite, Moochie? Let's turn this, let's flip this script. Favorite. Since you obviously know, about, know more about both these bands than we do individually. <laughs> okay, favorite, favorite Stones song? The silence speaks volumes from your mic, Lando. Fa- favorite Stones song is probably... It probably has to be Gimme Shelter at the end of the day. I think yeah. it just is so kind of dark and epic, and it sort of sounds like the death of the 60s, which is kind of what it's about. And then um, for the Beatles, actually, it's not if one of the big If you say Let hits. It Be, I'm going to come it, across not, this table. That's my not even fa- mine. That's my favorite Beatles my favorite. song is Dear Prudence. That's a really favorite good Beatles one. song. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. Eleanor Rigby is my favorite Beatles song. That's, that's really? It's an amazing song, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I'm still in the kind of the position that they're both great. So someone convinced me otherwise in this closing argument here. Uh, so if you're, say you're in London, it's like 1965. You turn a corner and there's a group of young British men in the alley. Are they pissing? Because then that'd be the Rolling Stones. I'm just saying, if you come to that alley entirely improper, and you yeah, see no. the Beatles versus if you see the Stones, which one's going to scare you more? If you see, if you turn the corner and come into an alley, a dark alley, and the stones are there, you're gonna be fucking scared. If you if you don't know who they are, if you just see those five guys, they're gonna be scared. If you see the Beatles, you're just like, oh, like are you lost? Like I'm sorry, can I help you? I'm just saying, it's it's this idea of the edge that the Stones have in every one of their songs. It's so raw, and while the Beatles, you know, like in uh, Let It Be and things like that, can definitely get sentimental. There's no denying that. I just think that um, why have Something that's overcooked in the Beatles, we can have the real deal, you know, with the Stones. You know, generally, I like that type of raw, edgy, gritty kind of band. Like Blink? Yeah, I mean, no, not like Blink. That's some pop <laughs> punk, you know, let's... We're going to say that for another episode, right? We're absolutely going to... You know what? <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. Um Part of the reason why I like the Beatles is because whenever you see them do an interview, whenever you you hear them talk outside of their performances, they're very witty, they're very personable, they're charming. They kind of remind me of Blink, actually. So, you know, if you've ever heard the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, it's nothing but, you know, dick jokes, pretty much. The Beatles are famous for their dick jokes. (laughs) I'm saying for the 60s, they were pretty close to it. I just uh, think it's silly if, if that, like, the most countercultural one of the Beatles is, like, John Lennon with, oh, you know, it's basically the Communist Manifesto and all this other shit. Hey, that's it's, Edge, man. 
That's freaking edge right there. So, like, one, from a literary perspective, completely misunderstood what the implications of the Communist Manifesto are. And two, like, this is another it's hardly too. revolutionary. Is... <laughs> he didn't do heroin, you know? How are you going to have the fucking edge if you're not, like, partying? All right, so... The Beatles probably went to bed on time. So, were you done with your closing, Orlando? No, I didn't even oh, okay. start it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess in closing, what I would say is that, you know... Objectively, the Beatles are the better band. They've got not only in sales, they've got it in in just the kind of wave that they hit the U.S. with, the world with. That they're still kind of outselling the Rolling Stones. That you know, in social yeah, media that wasn't around that wasn't around back then, they're still outranking the Rolling Stones. And the Rolling Stones are around and can check their social media. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, there's that. Uh, but objectively, I get the grit. I get that you like that they're edgy, and, you know. But guess what? It's not for everyone. And that's why the, the, the Beatles outdo the Rolling Stones. Because they appeal to a broader audience. They appeal to way more people. They had better lyrics. Their band members were all recognizable in and of themselves. That, that's how I feel. I think it's just a, it's not really a debate here. All right, I'm ready to make my ruling. I gotta be honest, the Rolling Stones are my favorite band of all time. Um, I do love them, but I cannot imagine a world without the Beatles. And no one ever should. I, counsel? I'm in there, the middle of my ruling. There's that movie called Yesterday. Fantastic movie. I mean, Where the Beatles did not exist, and everyone was... The Beatles win. You win, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what to say. I move for a bad court you one thing. point. <laughs> Thank now, you. is that based on your, your prejudices yourself, or in any actual evaluation of what was it's discussed It's not based here? on my prejudice. I, I feel like we did nothing in either way to <laughs> actually... I told you, I, the I said they're my, the Rolling Stones are my favorite band of all time. We were massively but, underprepared for this debate. I mean, I didn't this listen podcast to any, in general. I didn't listen to any Rolling Stones songs before <laughs> this. <laughs> I tried to listen to like two or three, and I was like, "Oh fuck this." Yeah, that does conclude my ruling. It is the Beatles, even though I love the Stones. So that concludes this episode, our first episode, uh, Beatles versus Stones of OTR. Um, next week we'll be debating aliens versus ghosts, and it's about to get spooky. Yeah, we recorded this one uh, around around Halloween, uh, the, the day after Halloween, actually, right? Yeah, probably. No, so, it was uh, on Halloween. We were wearing our costumes. Oh, what? I'm still wearing my costume. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was our uh, inspiration for a, a spooky topic. So, uh, not sure when this is gonna get released, but we'll be discussing aliens versus ghosts in our next episode. See you then. Mm-hmm.